Another episode, another opportunity to introduce you to the future of our favorite league. This is the push-off. Everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan, not Daniel Wright. Right. Confusing? I think it's confusing. I, yeah, it's a little confusing, but I think it'll get clearer, right, it'll, as the show goes. It'll make sense as the show moves on. All right, great. Uh, we're back, uh, and we're we're pushing in some episodes here uh, on off days, getting you some extra shows because we want to get through all the prospects before the NFL draft, which is just two weeks away. So close. It's it's boiling down on us. In fact, we're recording this on a Thursday night, so it's exactly two weeks away. Oh boy, um, I'm so excited for it. And uh, to show you how excited I am for it, I put down all of the teams that have double picks in the first round on Thursday. Ooh, who dis? There's there's quite a few here. So let me know. So the Jets are picking twice, fourth and tenth. Yeah. The Giants are picking five and seven. Yeah. The Texans are picking three and thirteen. Makes sense. Eagles fifteen and eighteen. They had three. S- they had three. Saints took one of them. Saints now have two. Sixteen and nineteen. The Packers with the Devontae Adams trade pick twenty second and twenty eighth. The Chiefs pick back-to-back, 29th and 30th. And then uh, Lions have the very first pick, the very last pick of the night, and pick 33 to start up the next night. So Detroit could even move back in and do three if they wanted. Um, that's a lot. I I know there's teams that have had three first-rounders in the past and, and very recently even, but that's a lot of teams with dual picks, and that means there's a lot of teams that aren't going to be doing anything Thursday night. Well, there's also going to be a lot of moving and a shaking. Um, although, yeah. if the if this draft, if my scouting and your scouting has been any indication of how this draft is going to go, there's not a lot of studs in this fucking thing, but there's a lot of quality mm. depth. So you are going to get two pretty good bites at the apple with a first-round pick. Now, do I think you're pulling in a star? No, but do I think you're pulling in a very consistent, solid player? Yeah, pretty much all through the first round. There's over 40 guys that I think are probably going to have first-round grades by the time this thing's all said and done. We've got three to four guys we're going to talk about tonight that I have a first-round grade on. Okay, yeah, and then I think that speaks to what you're seeing in mocks and things like that, too. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be Aiden Hutchinson taken first overall or anybody. It's it's who the, the teams like what's a, a good fit um there's probably some uh, very interesting tidbits picked up in the interviews with these young men and stuff so yeah i'm very excited to see this this is one of those drafts where it's not like already laid out of like last year it's going to be quarterback 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 you know and then we'll see what happens from there yeah now this one's gonna this one's off the wall we'll see if we have time to do our own mocks here but w- what we don't have a lot of time for is dilly dally because we're going to do over two positions this evening uh safeties and tight ends 
Uh, so before we get there, though, Dan, I wanted to bring up Derek Carr got extended. Mm-hmm. Big money. Three years, $121.5 million. That's exciting. Um, this is our second time talking about a car extension. I brought this up to you. Yeah. One of our, I think our very first show was talking about the first Derek Carr extension that the uh, then Oakland Raiders gave him. And we talked about liking it. Um, this particular podcast has always been a pretty big fan of Derek Carr. Hoping the best for the guy has one of the better natural arms in the NFL. I'm not saying it's the strongest. I'm just saying the way that guy throws the football is a fucking ton of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the thing that galvanized him this year was how shitty it was to be a Raider and how De- how Derek Carr made it more acceptable and not quite so awful. That's the sort of leadership you're looking for. Not when things are good. When things are terrible, how's your guy doing? And Derek Carr composed himself like a fucking true professional. Yep, second rounder himself in a very heavy QB draft and uh, seems to be the, the, the lasting one. Um, Carr has been with this uh, the Raiders now, the second longest currently for a QB. Only Aaron Rodgers have been with a team longer with 10 years. Wow. Um, and that is because Russell Wilson just left, yeah. Matt Ryan just left. So boom, now Derek Carr is one of the most seasoned veterans to his <laughs> own team there. An early crazy stat for you. There, I like it. Um, yeah, moving right along, uh, the Packers are bringing in Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins gets a year deal. Now, this isn't big news. Most of the time, I just let this go. But it's interesting because all the talk is, you know, Green Bay's lost all their star wide receivers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making all that money is just going to throw a towel in Lazard all day. It didn't make sense. So Sammy Watkins, is he a number one? Can he be the number one for Aaron Rodgers? Certainly not. When you're getting <laughs> when you're getting outplayed by guys like Byron Pringle, right? That's that, Kansas City. Yeah, you're not at the top of your game. I don't think Sammy Watkins was really good for about three years and was never elite. So yeah. I think the good news is he's a person that believes that uh, you know lizards run the government. He's a complete mm-hmm. fucking lunatic, and I think he'll fit right in. I think Rogers will have a fucking great time talking to a guy like Sammy Watkins. I told this to my brother, and he brought up that he saw some probably uh, positive uh, Packers headlines that turned it to Packers sign former first-round draft pick. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's not a lie. Yeah. Uh, finally, Dan, in the news, uh, do we want to talk anything about what Congress has said the commanders are up to behind the scenes? Who uh, boy? Until somebody pulls a goddamn trigger on the gun that is pointed at that idiot's face, I don't, I don't give a damn unless Dan Schneider is ruined he's he's got somebody over a barrel right he's got some type of file of just blackmail on most of the other owners because this news is basically he's stealing from other owners he's stealing from the league he's stealing from them congress has said that the commanders appear to broken finance laws and owe money to the visiting teams and their season ticket holders so the fans and the owner you know the only groups that as an owner you can't piss off yeah, because you can you can trade off players and you can fire coaches, but the fans don't go anywhere and the owners are the uh, peers in your position. There, he should have pissed them all off with this. I can't see how he keeps this keeps this team. Well, he's going to give it to his wife, and his wife will be running day to day operations while he, like a bullshitter, is sitting in the background making all the real actual decisions. Speaking of bullshitter, so there's stuff that comes up. You know, they've got he had two set of books on this. Uh, 
somebody made a comment that goes, you know, this is the Snyder that once put a once pushed for a safety ordinance that would make it illegal to cross the street in DC on Sundays, so the fans would have to use the stadium parking instead of satellite parking around the area. Oh yeah, because he's a, just a massive a shit, prick. Shit, shit move. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, he's he's under reporting ticket revenue and he's stealing from the league and Daniel Snyder. I mean, we we've made this very clear on the podcast that we don't like him. Uh so hopefully this is the end. Uh but a lot of stuff coming out on that and uh it does not look good for the brand new Commanders. Good. I mean, I've always hated Washington. They are my blood rival, but I mean, this is just so fucking stupid. You know, like who mm-hmm. is going to let this guy keep doing this shit? It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where the the gears move from here. All right, let's get to prospects. No more, no more messing around. Uh, which of these sides are we going to start with, Dan? Safeties or tight ends? Well, why don't we get safeties out of the way? Because um, I got a, they are the I got a feeling tight ends are going to be pretty consolidated because they're all kind of the same guy. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Then let's start with safeties. I I didn't do uh, this on purpose, a, uh, but all the tight ends yeah. we have are six foot five, two fifty. All of them. Wow, really? I, I had no idea when I set up the prospect list and then I started scouting them. I was like, you're all 6'5", 250? What the fuck is this? So we can actually, we judge them on athleticism, production, and uh, game ability rather than rather than their bodies because their bodies are the fucking same. I get it. There it is. But safety's first, and there's a stud at the top, so let's start. Is there, though? Well, the draft says, the you know, they've been saying for a month here that there is one guy that might go top top 10 should go top 10 or whatever i am here to tell you in this draft you, yeah kyle hamilton is not that great <laughs> oh no i was watching this dude's tape and you know what i saw i saw an athletically gifted kid that makes bad decisions takes false first steps constantly constantly i was watching this like you got to remember he played alabama the game film i was watching more specifically was uh playing alabama last year in the rose bowl i mean granted he was a sophomore but he was an ascending sophomore making a bunch of bad fucking decisions a bunch of bad decisions he's not great in coverage the i don't know where he gets this reputation as being a fast player and the 40 yard dash i i think his his play speed is better than what he was timed at but four six doesn't feel too far off he feels like a four five guy at the safety position which Mm. is still pretty good especially for a man his size but he doesn't feel like a real um like a real burner i don't trust his man coverage capabilities i don't i don't like him one-on-one he's a true zone safety that doesn't do a lot in terms of stopping the stopping the run on the inside now he's got good pursuit to the outside um if you're a running back trying to turn it outside i think kyle hamilton is a really really good safety to stop that sort of run threat but up the middle he's not going to handle big bodied running backs or linemen getting to the second level they're going to blow him up because he is thinly built um you know he's six foot four 220 um i saw a recent uh, analogy where they said he reminded them of Isaiah Simmons, uh, who mm-hmm. went to the Cardinals. He plays linebacker. Isaiah Simmons was yeah. stronger. Isaiah Simmons was faster. And I think Isaiah Simmons had a more specific fit in terms of body and play style to his position. Whereas Kyle Hamilton is not a true, in my mind, like ball hawking safety. You know, he's good in coverage, he's a good zone safety, but I, I don't see him as like an Ed Reed type. And so I, I cannot give him the status of elite. 
Can I give you the comparisons that I found? Sure. Um, NFL.com said Cam Chancellor. Doesn't tackle hard enough. <laughs> Draft Network said Derwin James. Derwin James, he's not as good in coverage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're negative on Kyle Hamilton here, but is this one of these I'm negative on him because everybody else is in love with him thing? Like, how far down the first round do you have him fall? I th- so, it, like, stat-wise, yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still in my mind, a mid-first-round pick, mid to late, in my mind, just because of the physical attributes, the fact that you can see a couple-plus abilities in terms of his, uh, his ability to process the offense that he's seeing, he makes decent decisions. It's just those those quick first steps. He's going to get murdered in the NFL because um, he's su- he's too susceptible. It doesn't seem like he's in the in the film room enough to actually do the studying he needs to do. And that's that's what bothered me mm-hmm. actually the most was was those false first steps. That's the thing that knocked him out of you know top ten to me because the physicality is there. The you know the physical ability is there, but that that bad first step that's the thing that worries me. Most drafts do not have him falling out of the top 10. I've seen him as low as number two to the Lions. Now, that is kind of, honestly, it has curtailed lately. It seems like more of the more of the rumors have led mock drafts and stuff to go towards uh, offensive tackles or pass rushers, and that makes sense. That's more important than safety. I think that's the one thing that hangs me up on here is, I don't know, safety in the top 10. I mean, you saw uh, when the Jets tra- tra- uh, got... Uh, what's his name, fourth overall, and then traded him away, Jamal Adams. Yeah. Like These guys are, safeties are, can be the quarterback of your defense, but also they can be obsolete if you play your defense a certain way. Jamal so, Adams is a good example of that. There you go. So, yeah, it is Kyle Hamilton worth it that high? Uh, I there People have him, like, if the Vikings are there at 12 and he's available, Dan, let's say, like, the top two cornerbacks have left. You think that's a that's a bad pick for Minnesota twelve? I, I think it's a I think it's a reach. I have him mid to late. You okay. know, if if you decide yeah. that you really like the guy, I don't think it's so far out, but I, I would see him going somewhere in like the late teens, twenties. Um okay. in my mind. He's actually not even my favorite safety in the draft. Oh. Okay. Well let's continue then. Let's use that as a uh transfer uh do you are you gonna talk about your favorite safety i next? am my safety my my safety my favorite safety is my safety so my safety i'm gonna keep using that is jaquan brisker out of penn state interesting okay I, so brisker I, i'm gonna keep track of where where you like these guys not so much like other rankings but you have brisker as your top safety i have him as my top safety i have him mid first round not mid to late i have him as a mid first round talent I fucking loved his film. I loved his film. To talk about a direct correlation between he and Hamilton, Hamilton watched his man. I watched Brisker watch the quarterback almost the entire way through. Now, this does make Brisker susceptible to some, you know, uh, very savvy quarterbacks, but it also made Brisker able to break on the ball, make more big plays than Hamilton was able to do. Uh, Didn't have as many interceptions as Hamilton, so that might seem a little... Like a misnomer. He only had two interceptions. Hamilton had three in seven games. So you'd think that Brisker is not quite as talented, but um, his ability to break on the ball, force a lot of wide receivers to think twice about catching that shit. Uh, yeah, Brisker moved faster, was more decisive. Um, yeah, I just, I love the way this guy plays ball. He would support the run, he supported the pass, he was natural. He didn't second guess any of his steps. He was very intuitive the way he played. 
Um, has the body that you're looking for. He's 6'1", 200. Could probably add some weight. Um, and he is in that 4'5 range. You know, but the speed shows up on film too. So, yeah, I mean, this okay. is this is a talented dude that is, is very decisive, is built well for the position, and I think has has scheme flexibility in a way that Hamilton doesn't because I think he can stop in the box and stop the run. I think he's got that pop in his ass a little bit. Um, safeties are kind of all over the board when it comes to Mox. <clears throat> he is uh, shown in second round a lot, and um, you're saying if he's gotten in second round, that could be uh, some uh, some good value. He's um, even saying, down behind. Yeah, go ahead. If if Jaquan Brisker is drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, I will be ecstatic. Late first there. If okay. he if he goes as a late first, I would be ecstatic. I think that is that is what I'm looking at from this safety classes. There's actually three first rounders. We're going to talk about another one in a second, but man, there is some quality here. Man, there's a lot of quality. Good. Um, the comparisons I got for Brisker was NFL.com said Justin Reed. That's pretty fair. Uh, Draft Network said Malcolm Jenkins. That's not quite as fair. I thought Malcolm Jenkins was better in coverage. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins started out as a corner. we got to remember that, too. He only played one year as a corner in the NFL, but he was a corner that got moved to safety because his coverage ability was so good in zone. I don't think he's quite there. Um I think he's going to be playing that sort of strong safety position rather than a than a natural free, where Malcolm Jenkins, to me, was a free safety. Look at this. So Jaquan Briscoe, Kyle Hamilton. Everybody's loving on Kyle Hamilton, and Dan's on our show here saying, no, hold on. Penn State's got a guy that's even better. Look at number one. So Jaquan Brisker is number one there. Are you telling me at least Kyle Hamilton is two on your list? Kyle Hamilton is number two. Um, okay. I mean, there's... But you've got another first-rounder that's up there, huh? Now, this guy, to me, is late first-round just because I am very, very intrigued by the potential. Um, There's some elite traits this guy has that I don't think a lot of corners or that a lot of safeties have, and that is, and it's going to make me sound like a homer, Daxton Hill out of Michigan. Well, okay, so before... Everybody does call you a homer. I want to say that like the uh, most mock drafts have Daxton Hill going before Jaquan Brisker. Uh, in the in the majority of them, they have Daxton Hill as a first rounder as well, like very near the end. But they do. NFL.com did didn't have him as the second. They had him as probably the fourth on the safety here sure. after Brisker and after Cincinnati's Brian Cook, who we're not going to talk about this evening. But they had him pretty high. Mock drafts don't. Uh, they have guys like Jalen, I'm going to mess up his last name, Petri, safety of Baylor? Yeah, Petri. Petri. And uh, and another Georgia, Louis Sin, something like that. Yeah. Sign, yeah. C-I-N-E. I think he's those, better than them. Again, okay, let's talk about Dax Hill. Yeah. So Dax Hill's position on Michigan was spark plug shit kicker. That oh, Michigan, I like that position. It's a great position. If you can draft at that position, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> how come we're not? How come we're not running that position in the draft? <laughs> we should. Well, we need a new shit kicker. I mean, edge wasn't a position a couple years ago. Now it is. So maybe, maybe down the road. Um, you know, he played with two excellent edges in Hutchinson and Ojabo. He had a pretty decent uh, middle of the line. He's got pretty decent corners there at Michigan, but what he was able to do was be so position flexible that he could slide in, make good tackles, good pass breakups, 
Um, what did he have? Two interceptions. He had 70 tackles. 70. Ooh. And nine pass deflections as a junior. This guy is explosive. I mean, he's a little slight in terms of being like a big thumper safety. So I don't know how that's going to go. Foot, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's he's got to hit that 200-pound mark, really, just to just to fill out that frame if he's going to be hitting in an NFL box. Um, but at mm. the same time, this is a guy that if you decide you want to leave him as a nickel corner, you can put him as a nickel corner. You want to slide him into safety, you can do that. You want to blitz him heavy on, uh, on odd fronts, you can do that shit. This guy is absolutely one of the more versatile safeties coming out in this draft and super fucking fast. Holy shit, is this guy fast. He's fast, reactive, responsive, got better every year. Um, I love watching the tape on Dax Hill. And you could you could almost miss him because you're watching Hutchinson and Ojabo cause such problems, but then you can you can see Dax Hill in the background. You can see him in the backfield, you can see him in the secondary, you can see him making fucking plays. I love Dax Hill's film. There is a uh, sources tells thing a little snippet on nfl.com that an area scout for an nfc team says that dax hill could even be put in cornerback spot you think that's possible i think i think he could i don't think he's going to be like a premier outside corner but he he definitely could be a nickel guy like i think he's just going to be he's going to be a three down defender and when you have a guy like that you go yeah we can put him in run plays we can put him in pass plays it doesn't matter he might not be a true safety he might be a hybrid He's not a hybrid linebacker type like Hamilton could be, but he is definitely a hybrid safety corner. Okay. Uh, the uh, NFL comparisons I found for him was on, oh, just Draft Network said Devin McCourty. Uh, McCourty was bigger, rangier, um, not as twitchy, not not quite as fast, not quite as athletic. So he's more athletic than the McCourty boys. Okay. Yeah, the NFL analyst just didn't, did not give a... Uh, comparison so i that's what i will there. give you a comparison that we've already mentioned i will give you jamal adams yeah oh well for dax hill he, okay he is a poor man's jamal adams which isn't bad it's not a bad place to be but jamal nice. adams had more thump and was better in coverage but he does all those things that jamal adams does but all three of these uh safeties first round talent you're saying these are first round talents in my mind so and that elites, so don't get honest about that. But yes, first round talents. Uh I think that's the end of our first round discussion though with safeties. Am I right about that? Yes indeed, sir. Yes indeed. Yeah, we're gonna drop a little ways down here, but who's the next one we're talking about? Well, yeah, we're gonna drop a little bit because we're gonna talk about a guy named Nick Cross out of Maryland. Uh Okay. You know, Aaron earned an iron urn. Uh he's a local Maryland kid. He's a good prospect, and holy shit did he light up the combine. Um, one of the reasons why he snuck in is I was, you know, he wasn't on our initial scouting list, but then as a 6'1", 215-pound safety, he ran a 4.34. Oh, okay. That is blazing speed for a man that size. And the nice thing is you can actually see it show up on film. Now, here's the limitation. It's speed, but it's not necessarily athleticism. So he's very fast when he decides the guy is a missile, but he's not making great adjustments on the fly. He's not a guy that is going to tackle a Darren Sproles type. You know, this is a guy that when you're going out for the pass, when he knows where it's headed, he's a missile, he's on his way, uh, and you're going to take a big fucking hit. 
He's a guy that can get down into the box, but he's not a great natural natural tackler. He would rather make a highlight reel breakup or a highlight reel tackle than a, a standard breakdown fundamental. The uh, mock drafts look like I really have not looked at this guy, but uh, looking at it right now, mock drafts have him about second, third round, mostly actually third or fourth. I I would say um, because of his his upside, because of the speed, uh, because of the fact that you may be able to play this guy. I mean, you can't play him at corner because he's just not athletic enough. But this could be a a traditional strong safety for you. Um, I don't think he's got the athleticism really to be a free, but. He's a thumper. He's good speed. Um, this is a guy that could go tail end of the second round, early third. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and then the NFL comparison, I see him on NFL Network is Cameron Curl. I don't know who the fuck that is. I think that's recent. Let me look it up. But uh, yeah, let's see. The fuck is Cameron Curl? See, football player, uh, born 99, San Diego. He plays for the Washington Commanders. Oh, that's yeah. probably why I, draft. Just, I refuse to look at them. Safety for the Commanders. Yeah, yeah. it's not like they've been lighting it up defensively, so that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> that's their strong suit. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, all right, after Nick Cross in Maryland, who's next? So, uh, Nick Cross, we are going to be taking a big, big step down, and we are going to be talking about Bubba Bolden out of Miami. Bubba, yeah, so, the Miami corner. Yeah. Or safety, excuse me. Uh, Bubba Bolden is very tall. He's six foot three. He's 204. He's got great speed for a guy his size. Um, but, yeah, this guy is going to be probably a fifth or sixth round pick. Um, played through a shoulder injury in his, uh, in his redshirt senior year. Never really got to that point where he was like, Miami's number one playmaker. Um, I think he actually had better sophomore film than he did junior and senior film. I thought he was more productive in the Miami defense. But, uh, yeah, this is this is a guy that I think kind of tapped out his potential. People started to see him on film, see some of the tendencies, how he would bite on play action a little bit too frequently. Um, this is a guy that if he can... If he can add weight, and I just don't know with his frame, this is a guy you could get to play a little bit of linebacker um, and is probably going to make his living on special teams where he's got, like I said, he's a guy that is a tryhard. He's a guy with decent speed but is not a natural tackler, uh, is not is not a guy that is going to like light it up and be one of your primary dudes in the secondary. So, like I said, fifth, maybe sixth round pick for a guy like Bubba Bolden. with Great height, great body potential, but no real starter quality traits. Yeah, but again, this is neat. We get to talk about a later round guy because he's going to, you know, if even if he doesn't get drafted, if he's like a uh, unrestricted free agent and your, your team scoops him up the next day, you go, I don't know the name Bubba Bolden. Dan and Scott talked about it the push-off podcast. And now I know a little bit about what to expect from this guy. And he'll have to fight to make a you know, starting spot on your team, but there's a possibility there. Uh, the, the mock drafts have him pretty late, though. Um, so, yeah, seven or, or not drafted. Um, the NFL comparison that I found for him, and this was only on Bleacher Report, Chris Conti. Ooh, that's, yeah, Chris Conti is kind of a joke. But, yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. <laughs> He started for a while, so yeah. I mean, if nothing else, can't take that away from Chris Conti that he was a starter for a few teams there. But 
Um, yeah, that was a. Uh, that's Bubba Bolden. That's Miami guy. Um, do you have any? One more safety, I believe. I have one more safety. Daniel All Wright, right. scouts. Daniel Wright. <laughs> yeah, the Alabama corner or safety. I keep calling him corner safety. Six one, one ninety five. Um, this is a guy that probably won't get drafted, but I, I get why you wanted to talk about. Well, him. there's two reasons why I <laughs> wanted to talk about him. Uh, number one, he had his most productive season his junior year. He basically was on the bench picking up the occasional, you know, <laughs> the occasional coverage situation. Played DB, played a little safety, played a little, you know, uh, dime cornerback. Did all that sort of thing. As a junior, uh, he had 44 tackles. Uh, he had uh, two interceptions. Actually looked really, really good as a junior. Came back as a senior to try to improve his draft class uh, and then basically became a, a platoon safety. Um, never made any problems, never caused any issues. Uh, showed up to every game on Alabama, continuing that excellent Alabama defense. But he became kind of a situational safety player. But a guy that loves ball, decent technique, nothing great athletically, not a burner. Um, I actually couldn't even find his fucking 40 time when I was looking for it. That's the thing that was kind of shocking. But I would say he'd probably run somewhere in the four sixes. Um, for a man his size, that's that's not great. But this is a guy that, because he's from Alabama, because he played for five years at Alabama, and because he had one good season, somebody might take a risk on this guy as an undrafted free agent, but I would be shocked to see Daniel Wright get drafted. Yeah, yeah I don't have much on him. Um, uh, yeah, I can't, can't find much on him other than the other Alabama safety is returning to the, to the team. So he's on his way out. He's going to see what he can find in the draft. Best luck to the other Daniel Wright. Well, he's known as the other Daniel Wright. What can he do? Yeah. It's, I mean, clearly I'm the more famous, more superior Daniel Wright. Daniel, is that something is it your, does your family call you Daniel? Uh, only my dad. Only my dad calls okay. me Daniel. Everybody else calls I, me Danny or Dan. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, those are our safeties, though, but let's uh, recap real quick. Dan Scott, Jaquan Brisker is his number one guy. And like you said, if he's there for the Cowboys pick, it was at 26. That's awesome. 24, yeah. So you're saying 24. You're saying if Kyle Hamilton's there, if Brisker's available, you want him to go Brisker. I would rather go Brisker than Hamilton if uh, all things being equal. But in complete honesty, there's no way Hamilton will be there. Somebody's going to take him well before 24. Uh, mm-hmm. you're just due to the – I mean – Unless everybody's mock is wrong here, I don't see him getting too much past like pick 13, 14. Well, you got to remember every single year there's a top 10 pick that falls way the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. Who was the guy last year who comes uh, in? He's like the top. Let's see. I'll find it for you. But uh, yeah, I mean, every single year there's a guy. Every single year there's an Aaron Rodgers that's a top five pick that falls to 24. You know, there you there's go. a. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different safeties and running backs that people think are going to get taken high that wind up dropping. Um, Derwin James was supposed to be a top 10 guy and wound up going a little bit later than that. So every single year there is a guy that, you know, gets a, a crazy good draft uh, grade and then just winds up falling for some odd reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're in the late first and you need a safety, looks like you've got about a few options here of guys that could fit in for you. And we didn't even talk about all of them that, that could be around the area of where Dax Hill and them get drafted. So interesting there is the safeties. 
um, you say less so of the next group we're going to be talking about. So we're just going to move right on to them, and that's the tight ends. Uh, we've got a group of tight ends to discuss here, and I'm interested in yeah the order you put these guys in because you're right. They are a lot alike. Um, not a lot of studs in these tight end groups. In fact, uh, do we have any first-round talent in tight ends? I think we have none. <laughs> we have... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in my mind, there is no first-round talent at the tight end position. That is not to say that there is not a second-round talent at the tight end position. All right, and if that starts there, then who is? Who's who's your favorite of these tight ends you watch? So I I tend to, and I don't know why this is, I just have been watching a lot of Washington film for as long as I have, um, okay. which is the fucking crazy thing. Um, and I, I can give this man a a compliment that is also kind of a damning um this guy was witten-esque as i was watching mm. him okay witten-esque uh and that was uh my boy Cade otten out of washington okay Cade otten out of washington i saw him um what what's his uh measurements oh yeah oh, six, six five, five two fifty so <laughs> six, five, two, Everybody, everybody, we're going to be talking about it. Six five two fifty. Uh, K. Dotton <laughs> did everything well. Now he didn't do anything exceptionally. Uh, his hands are not naturally amazing. His route running isn't fantastic. He's a guy that is kind of a go over the middle and turn, but he's a safety blanket type uh, tight end. And you know those always have a place in the NFL. There's no elite component to K. Dotton, but like I said, he just does everything well. He was a guy that showed up on film, was a good, consistent tackler. I saw a lot of stuff on on NFL.com where they questioned his blocking ability. And that was one of the things I fucking fell in love with watching this guy was the way he would block, the way he was engaged, the way he would drive uh, linebackers back. I mean, obviously he struggled with tight ends, but who the fuck doesn't struggle with tight ends, you know? Sure, yeah. His uh, actual mock spots are more around third or fourth rounds. Uh, not very high on here for, uh, yeah, for people's looks at tight ends, honestly. Yeah, I would put him, I would put him second round. I would say somewhere in the mid second round. Um, I just, I really liked what he put on film. I thought he was consistent. Um, I thought he was a guy that every time I turned on the film, I didn't see him blow assignments. I didn't see him drop a lot of balls. I didn't see him, uh, run lazy routes. And that's all you can really ask for from a guy that is a, probably a, a low top tier talent tight end you said um witten the nfl comparisons that i got for him was pat fryermuth and zach Ertz combo Ertz was much more athletic um mm. fryermuth is fair but fryermuth hasn't done too much in the nfl for for him to distinguish himself but Ertz was much yeah. more naturally athletic coming out okay uh, Kate Hatton, though, the number one tight end here for it. Uh, I knew he would be up near the top. I feel like there's a few other guys that, of the list you gave me, there were a couple that were going to be around him. So I'd be surprised if you tell me there's a big drop-off here for the next group, uh, the next one. There isn't. Uh, the next guy I have is, uh, Jeremy Ruckert. Yeah, Ohio State. I was wondering, this guy was maybe a thought that he could be the top one of the names you gave me because he's up there in the mocks, uh, another projected about third-round guy. But you're saying, um, yeah, yeah, more second round. Yeah, I would say probably late second round, late second round, early third. Um, doesn't his hands are not as good as Otten's? I think he's probably a better route runner than Otten is. He's not as good of a blocker. 
Um, there were a lot of points where he was a liability, but he was interested. You know, uh, we talk about that a lot. Are you a good blocker? Are you interested? Because if you're a good blocker, but you're not interested, that doesn't help me. If you're interested, you're not good. We can work with that. Um, (laughs) He was interested. He just wasn't a great blocker. So um, that, that is tough when you're going to be a tight end. That is not a burner, not a separation down the middle of the field sort of guy. You're, you're going to need to be in some heavy tight end packages, making some good blocks. And he, he didn't. Um, and he's playing for a an Ohio State team that loves to run the ball. Um, in fact, right. the funniest thing about watching this game is, or watching all of his his film, was I I think I may have fallen in love with Travion Henderson. Uh, so that's okay. the, that was the tough thing about about watching Jeremy Ruckert is I was like, holy shit, Travion Henderson is fucking amazing. This guy's top notch. He's one of the best running backs. So I cannot wait until that guy comes out next year. Uh, he's going to be fucking great. That's going to be a blast. Nice. Or maybe he, no, he was a rookie. Um, he was a freshman, so that's he's two years away. Wow. Okay, so NFL comparisons, uh, they're still same Pat Fryermuth for him as well. <laughs> See, once uh, again, this is why they're just the same fucking guy across the board. Yeah, two, six, five, 250. NFL said Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz it seems better to me. It, the weird thing is they're all six five two fifty. I will give Ruckert this. Mm-hmm. He does seem leaner than the other guys. Even though they're 6'5", 250, okay. he seems like it's probably more lean muscle. Uh, but he is, yeah, he's ranked around that area everywhere I see. So second, third round, that kind of makes sense for Ruckert. Um, Ohio State tight end, I mean, you're getting a guy that's at least a little polished. Uh, who next after this? So this is one that pains me a little bit. Um, mm. It is... I, I love Wisconsin dudes. I love them. They're fucking great. Uh, it's Jake Ferguson is going to be the one we oh, talk Jake about. Jake Ferguson next. Uh, Jake Ferguson, it, to me, is like a fourth, fifth round pick. Uh, this is another guy that is a redshirt senior, 6'5", 250. Not real fast. Uh, good blocker. Really, really good blocker. I, I like. I love this shit. Um, he seemed to have figured out pretty quickly that um, – you're not going to be passing all that much in a Wisconsin offense, and he seemed to have made peace with it. But when he got his opportunities, uh, smooth hands, good catcher of the football, good separation in space, not a guy that's going to burn safeties or especially not corners, um, kind of an even match with most linebackers. So, you know, like I said, not a lot of top-tier potential. If he's, if he's even with NCAA linebackers, he's going to be below standard for NFL guys. But uh, he actually is the grandson of Barry Alvarez, uh, former <laughs> former Nebraska head honcho. Um, so he's he's got football in his life since forever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I liked him as a blocker. I, this is another guy that I didn't see it on film. They you know they talk about one of the weaknesses on NFL was lacks desired physicality as an inline blocker. I don't know where the fuck you're seeing that. Um, the knock is that he needs to add more weight and size. Yeah, that's true. But he's a college kid. He's going to have to do that. Um, but I, I thought the tenacity was good. I thought the willingness was there. Um, doesn't have, like I said, evolved routes, but finds good separation in space. Seems like a kid with a good head on his shoulders. Yeah, his uh, he's not ranked very high. I mean, there's a lot of people ahead of him. In fact, um, of the list I'm looking at, it has the other guys that we're going to be talking about next ahead of him. Um, well, not NFL.com doesn't have our Texas A&M guy, but... Uh, Everywhere else does. In fact, Jake Ferguson is 
projected mock drafts around fifth round. And um, I said that's fair. NFL, compa- NFL comparison for him for D- Draft Network, Dalton Schultz. Because he's, you know, 6'5", 250. These are all the same <laughs> fucking guy. They're the same guy. They just, they've been trading off, and which is amazing when you can think that some of them are different races, but they're the same guy. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. They're the same fucking guy. You play tight end in the NCAA. Yeah, he's 6'5", 250. Um, and okay, the next Jake guy, Ferguson, yeah. Yeah, the next guy we're going to yeah. talk about is definitely not a white guy. Um, mm-hmm. All of these guys we've been talking about, Jake Ferguson, uh, Kate Otten, Jeremy Ruckert, they're all seniors. Uh, oh, yeah. Otten and Ferguson are redshirt seniors, and uh, and Ruckert was a true senior. This is a junior coming out, and man, is it a bad idea. It is Jalen Weidermeyer. Okay, yeah, Weidermeyer, yeah, Texas A&M. Yeah, he isn't as high up as Ferguson on the NFL list, but honestly, he's ranked higher on uh, the mock drafts uh, combination, I'm looking at this mock draft database when I'm talking about this, uh, he's projected fourth round. And I will tell you why. It is okay. because he has an athletic upside that is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that is a has great body control, is a decent route runner, has good hands. Um, but one of the things I find damning from a not top-tier tight end prospect is this guy can't block for shit. Literally, this is maybe the worst blocking tight end I've ever watched on film. It was... I I hate to be shitting on a fourth-round guy like this, but my God, is it awful. If he was even a moderately interested blocker, this is a second-round pick. Because he's so bad at blocking, I'm putting him in the fifth round. He, uh... NFL.com compared him to, uh... Caden Smith... Giants much draft much better blocker Jesus Christ I some of these NFL comparisons I don't understand it's like did you not watch Caden Smith in college did you not watch him in the NFL he's a good blocker with decent athletic upside this guy is much more athletic than Caden Smith and can't block worth a shit so yeah. that's that's the thing that drives me a little crazy okay but Jalen Whitemere yeah so he doesn't make it uh yeah you're saying fifth round I'm saying fifth round okay that makes sense for him we got one more though, right? I thought we, uh, I thought we only had those four. That we- might be why, because you told me Isaiah likely uh, after one of the guys was pulled. Oh, Will Mallory. And s- yeah, and Isaiah likely I thought would be higher up on there. Is yes, that right? yes. I'm would sorry. You- so that's all right. I, I mean, yeah, I did have a little bit of Isaiah likely. I mean, because this was at Coastal Carolina, I was looking up. Ah, uh, like, that's oh, right, this- right, right. They got a. Like a teal field here or something weird going on. Yeah, I can't tell you that I, I did a ton of work. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't do a ton of work on Isaiah Likely. Uh, but guess what? He's not six foot five. Well, let me... So, so his projected stuff for Mock is uh, is third round. And so they think he's up over Ferguson. And they I mean, they said maybe even Ruckert. I don't know if I buy that. Because Coastal Carolina, I think you probably aren't playing a lot of people right in the Sun Belt. Yeah. You're not exactly tearing but, it up down there. All right, but uh, he is ranked up there pretty high. In fact, uh, NFL Mock Dread Database have uh, as the top tight end in this class, Trey McBride out of Colorado State. And I, I didn't see that. Trey McBride's in that other other species of like just average to decent guys. I'm, I'm giving Otten okay. my number one ranking. Otten is your number one. Um, they went likely then Ruckert, then a uh, UCLA guy, Greg Dolchich. 
Yeah, Dolchich was interesting to watch. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think he's an elite no. prospect either. I don't think none of the no. tight ends in this year's draft are remarkable. Like they're all backups. Every single one of these yeah. tight ends is a backup. Yeah, I don't think any of them will go in the first round. Any of them go Thursday night, honestly. Um, but we did go through four to five of them, and uh, got exciting there. Uh, they are 6'5", 250. <laughs> um, they're big boys that get, get open in the middle of the field, pull down those uh, those balls, and, and, you know, maybe they play basketball a little bit in their youth. <laughs> I, I have Look. to assume they probably did. They probably did. And if they did, they we'd be told every each and every Sunday, you know it. Um, oh, my God, though, we got through all of our prospects. That is adding another about 10 prospects yeah. there through the safeties and tight ends. Uh, but it doesn't end there, Dan. We're going to continue this. We've got a f- two more weeks before the drafts here. So what is our next prospect group? So that is going to be the quarterbacks, the big sexy The quarterbacks. That's right. Uh, so quarterbacks are in the next episode's topic. We're going to hit on, I believe, like six of them. Yeah, I, we can actually and talk about who it's going to be. Um, it's going to be Matt Coral. It's going to be Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong. There you go. And honestly, mock drafts have sometimes four of these guys going, you know, people fall in love with quarterbacks. We'll do our research. We'll come back and tell you just how wrong they are on the next episode of the Push Up Podcast. Well, let's take two seconds. Because I want to talk about quarterbacks and the first-round pick. Yeah. The change of the way they they structured first-round contracts incentivizes you to go get a quarterback in the first round rather than the second round. Because it gets you another year of team control that doesn't immediately move that guy into franchise tag territory. Think about what happened with guys like Dak Prescott, and guys like Kirk Cousins that weren't first-round picks but comported themselves pretty well in the NFL, all of a sudden, at year three, that team is under uh, uh, under the gun to get something done or eat a huge franchise tag number. Whereas all of these guys yeah. coming out, maybe they'll hit a franchise tag number around like $18, 19000000 million uh, for their fifth-year option, whereas that fifth-year franchise tag could be closer to twenty-five to twenty-seven. So it's a significant mm-hmm. decrease in the money you're going to have to spend if you do that sort of thing. Yeah, so you, that's you're right, and that's why we see a whole lot more teams trading back into the late first round. I mean, if the Lions don't want to pick one of these guys with the second overall pick, they have the f- very last pick of the first round and the very first pick of the next day. Perfect position to go grab somebody to take over for Jared Goff when you're tired of Jared Goff this year. So, yeah, that's – I mean – I you know you start look, I started looking at these quarterbacks while it's hard not to you know yeah. they're they're talked about so much that we already have a little inkling about them so very interested in that next episode to see where we land and uh, yeah what we think of these guys so stay tuned I would not be shocked to see the Lions trade that last pick okay for someone that wants to come in Let's, and get a quarterback if they're not in love with somebody yeah. and then I would not right. be shocked yeah. to see the Lions use the first pick of the second round on a quarterback. <laughs> But like you just said, it, it benefits them to use it in the first round because they get that fifth year. It's cheaper in that way as long as you, yeah, as long as you feel like it's worth it because it is still a first-round pick. Those things are expensive. Very true. Um, 
But thank you guys. Uh, that's uh, this week's uh, pitch off podcast or uh, this this episodes. I mean, because we're we're coming in even quicker than weeks if we can. Uh, we've covered safeties and tight ends. Add that to the wide receivers, the edge class, the entire offensive line. We've discussed all of these and the entire interior defense line. So entire line is done. Wide receivers, safeties, and tight ends. Now we're going to add QBs to it next time. So stick it there. You know, subscribe to the Push Off podcast, and you'll know exactly when it when it's there. <laughs> um, all right, Dan, let me wrap up the show this week with uh, some crazy stats. I like it. We have a couple. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they could be taking their third first round draft uh, wide receiver again this year, as they you know are already asking for. Um, I think they had Ola, Olave come and and for a for a visit, so. If they do, because they, they took Rieger, they took Devontae Smith, if they do take three wide receivers, what's the only other team to do that? Do you remember? Take three wide receivers in back-to-back first rounds? Uh, that would be the Detroit Lions. That would be Matt Millen's Detroit Lions. 2003 to 2005, they took Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, and Mike Williams. And then took a year off, came back in 07, and got Calvin Johnson. Yeah, it was... I remember vividly the fucking uh, Roy Williams pick. I loved Roy Williams before we traded way too much to get him. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, which team is paying the most for their wide receiver core right now? The most expensive wide receiver core. Interesting. I'm going to say Miami? It's the New York Giants. Oh, boy, that's And the horrible. team also, <laughs> yeah. Only had five wide receiver touchdowns last season. That was the least amount by any team since 2017. Well, that's just super shitty. Yeah, sorry, Giants. But, Dan, you see what I did? I gave you two, like, negative crazy stats about your NFC East team. I appreciate that a lot, We bashed the heck out of the commanders at the beginning (laughs) of the episode. Yeah, how about that? Eat shit, everyone who's not the Cowboys. (laughs) That's it. That's everything I got for this week. Dan, please, parting words of wisdom. If you find yourself... Which I guess it can just be eat shit, everybody, but the Dallas <laughs> Well, no, that's, that's actually the granted words of wisdom every week. That's implied. Okay. Uh, okay. But I will say this. This week is a good example, in my mind, of just because everybody thinks you're great doesn't mean somebody out there doesn't think your shit stinks. You hear me, Kyle Hamilton? There's a lot of people out there that will tell you something is great, but you've got to dig in, you've got to look at it yourself, and you've got to make an independent decision based on the information that you have. You might find yourself falling in love with Jaquan Brisker over a Kyle Hamilton, or you might think, Dan, you're crazy, this Kyle Hamilton guys can't miss. But either way it goes, you got to make your own decision about these guys coming out so you can decide whether or not to get excited when your team reaches, gets a value, or lands one right on the nose. There you go. And we're giving you that opportunity here at the Push Off Podcast. So come on back. We'll talk about the quarterbacks, and we will try to wrap up all of the rest of the prospect uh, positions before that NFL draft coming to you April 28th. So it's, it's right around the corner. Uh, But thank you guys so much for joining us for another one of these. We have a lot of fun. My name is Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.